We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to Talking Buffalo, featuring conversations with guests from around the world of sports, media, pop culture, and all things Buffalo, with your host, Patrick Moran. All right, what is going on, everybody? How you doing? Welcome to another episode of Talking Buffalo, part of the Blue Wire Network. I am your host. Patrick Moran, thank you as always for locking in, whether you're on the audio side, the video side, appreciate you all. I am joined by a special guest today, former, and I'm not going to lie, that kind of makes me a little bit sad to say that, former Channel 7 anchor, now an anchor at WRAL-TV in Raleigh, Durham, North Carolina. One of my favorites, Ashley Roll. what's going on? How you doing? Oh, it's so good to be chatting with you. You know what? It's... um. It's been a while, so uh, this is going to be fun. I'll tell you what. <laughs> it has been a while. You were on the show once before. It was in February 2020. I got two points that I want to make from that. Number one, so I went back and I listened to part of our, our chat from a couple years ago, a little more than three years ago now. And I used to always do this segment, and I did this with so many people. I lost count, and quite frankly, I don't remember most answers. But I would have a fun fact finale. I would ask you your favorite food, your favorite this, your favorite that. And I'm always like, okay, you know, standard, standard, standard. You became my like Buffalo food soulmate when you were on this <laughs> show, because I had asked you, what was your favorite pizza? And to this day, I probably have had 50, 60, 70 different people on for the first time and did that fun fact finale. You are the only person who said Mr. Pizza. No way. Was, I swear to God, the only one out of everyone I've ever talked to on the show, it's always was Picasso's. Lenovas, a few others. No one ever said Mr. Pizza except for you. And that stuck out to me. I remember that. People. We need to have a chat with a lot of these people because they are missing out. Yeah, <laughs> it was great. And we, so again, we talked in February, 2020 and it just, it seemed the world was so normal then. And two, three weeks after the podcast dropped, literally everything changed. COVID. Um, protesting downtown it just things got crazy in buffalo and around the world of course let me start here we'll spend a couple of minutes talking about buffalo um your decision to go to north carolina and then we're going to talk about succession which i'm not going to lie this is one of the big reasons why i want to get you back on the show i am absolutely fascinated about your appearance on there for people who are watching and listening who might not know this ashley was on an episode of succession i think it was the third from last episode a very important one a very big one near the end of the series and that is one of the most polarizing shows 
probably in the last 20 years, maybe even ever. So I want to spend a few minutes making sure we talk about that. But sure. let's start here. Again, I talked to you in February 2020. Everything's fine. And then COVID comes. As an anchor at a TV news station, it's just spend a couple of minutes talking about the challenges, how much your job, not, I mean, life goes without saying how much that changed, but just being able to physically do your job, how much that changed when COVID, especially early on when it first started, how crazy things got. It forced us to completely rethink what our job description was at this station. Mm -hmm. And I went from being a presenter and going out into the field to do interviews and pull stories together to having to rely on technology completely. And I'm not alone. Everybody had to do this. So you, in a weird way, got access to more people because you were able to interview them from their home. And because nobody had anywhere to go, they were often free and, and willing to chat. And, and there was such a desperate need for human connection that I think a lot of people were, were willing to chat that perhaps weren't otherwise. And then in addition to that, I didn't have easy access to producers and editors and that sort of thing. So one of the weird things that came out of COVID for me was I learned how to edit in a way that I had never done before. Right. And I not have ever known how to really edit news stories if it weren't for that time where I was at home. And it was the only way that I was going to get anything on the air is if I edited it myself. So, um, so it really had us completely rethinking the way that we put together news stories, interviewed, all that kind of thing. And, um, and, and you had to learn us on the fly too, right? I mean, this is not like, this is right. something you were prepared for. So like you were learning about these challenges and how yeah. to do things literally on the fly, yeah. right? Yeah, all of us. Absolutely. And it doesn't even matter what industry you're in, right? I think that's something that all of us can relate to is we all had to completely rethink what we were doing and, and doing it on the fly. Um, but I will tell you, I only broadcast from home uh, for a few months. And that is something I do not miss. I give you all the credit in the world for building your own studio. I sucked so bad at that. I was stacking my computer on on like 12 books, praying that they wouldn't topple over during a show. <laughs> I was moving lights around during stories. And I, I never got it right. I, I was always so bad at it. So by July or August, uh, my producer as well was like, okay, we got to get back into the studio because Ashley, you, you just can't figure this out. <laughs> I remember talking to Matt Bovey during those times a lot too, when he was, you know, doing uh, his sports casting from home, kind of the same deal. Oh yeah. Um, Bovey, and I, Bovey and I would be texting each other like, does this look okay? Does this look okay? And how do right. we delicately tell each other no? <laughs> <laughs> now, one of, again, coming a very sad time, a very bad time, but one of my highlights but following your career in Buffalo was um, later on that summer with, with the protest, um, social, you know, social unrest and all that stuff. And I'll never forget this. We were talking briefly before we started taping here. I, you're live on the air. Madison Carter, another favorite of mine, is downtown on the scene and just so chaotic. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I know, you know, you train to an extent and you get educated and you get some experience on the air, but it's like, it's hard to really be prepared for something that significant in real time happening. That was a, that was a, an historic time. Um, again, a very sad time too in, in Buffalo and across the world, of course. But um, 
I still that that sticks out to me. I still remember that newscast in that day very much, man. I really they, do. They don't teach you in school how to respond to that stuff and how to navigate breaking news for hours because that's we were on the air for hours. Uh, really what it boils down to is your rapport with the folks that you're working with, trusting each other to be able to feed off of each other. Because don't forget, we also were on, I want to say it was a four second delay because of the way that our technology works these days. We, we utilize this thing that prevents us from having to use and rely on satellite trucks. We're able to, to have these mobile trucks, if you will, that, that, that move with us and, and we pop them on our backpack, uh, on our backpacks and, and that allows us to go live, but it, there's a delay. And because of that, I'm saying to Madison, Hey Madison, can you go over here? Cause I think that a bunch of windows were smashed at the Statler. She's hearing that three seconds later. So she's hearing that after the audience. Yeah. So trying to communicate with each other, it relies, you, you really depend on trusting each other. Um, and also trusting your audience and and having that relationship already built with your audience so that um you know if it's not perfect you you can you can trust your audience to to forgive that because you've built that relationship already i remember as well and then we'll move on to a couple other things look you've done a, a million stories during your time in buffalo and this was just one of many during covid but i obviously remember this i had a friend his name was Jason. He was in his early 40s. He grew up in Lackawanna. He was a big Pittsburgh Steelers fan. Died from COVID the week that the Steelers were playing the Bills. And I specifically, and I'm being, you know, I'm not blowing smoke here. I'm being very real. Of all the, and there's a lot of great newscasters in Buffalo. You're the one that I reached out to that week, though, to uh, tell you about him. And, and you guys at Channel 7 put a really, uh, a really great story together about mm -hmm. him so you know I, re I remember that very much again I wish well, we were talking about happier times you know during your career yeah. at, at channel seven but um yeah man i did i think that just speaks to you know how much i respect your work and how much i, I admire it, uh, everything that you do that you were the one that i reached out to and i said you know something should be done about this the guy's a big steelers fan died COVID at such a young age and um you guys put a really really good uh I remember story that together. story really well. It was um, tough to interview his his mom and his sister, but thanks yeah. for trusting me to do that. Oh, no, absolutely. Um, all right, so last last year around June, you made the decision to, to leave Channel 7 at the time. Talk about without, you know, too many details, just generally speaking. What went in that decision at the time? Now, I know I've read a lot of Alan's work, too, at the Buffalo News, and I know that spending more time you know, at home was part of the part of went into your decision kind of just, you know, in your own words, kind of what went into your decision at that time to yeah. step down at Channel 7. I think having a family really makes you think about what you're, what you want, how you want your, your life to, to kind of look and, and play out. And I, at the time was really not loving being gone from home and you know, racing around trying to trying to be all things to all people at all times. It just sure. wasn't working for me. And I was at a point in my career where, you know, my contract was up and I had to make a decision as to what I wanted to do. And and in that moment, I it just was it, it was really compelling for me to be able to stay at home. I had the opportunity. You hear everybody who has done it. Always says you will not regret taking that time off. And, you know, it was it was 
sign on for another few years with Channel 7 with people who I love and am still really tight with. Um, and, I, and I could have done that. But then I would have always wondered, what, what if I just took that time with my daughter? And so we got to have this really great year together, this awesome experience of just enjoying a Buffalo summer. I don't need to tell you, the summertime is the absolute best time to be in Buffalo and enjoying the outdoors. It's gorgeous. It's like the best place to be in the country. And so I got to do that. And then when winter came, I managed to uh, move my family down to Miami and we got to spend a winter in Miami. We wouldn't have been able to do that. You know, these are these are just life experiences that I think having a family and also having the perspective that COVID forced on us, it, it, it allowed me that. And then while I was in the middle of this year uh, of time off, and I really didn't know where it was going to go. I, I was prepared to leave the business altogether, but I didn't know what was going to happen. And then um, I got a phone call from uh, this station in Raleigh, WRAL, which uh, as I've learned more about the station over the months that I was chatting with them, this is considered to be one of the best, if not the best local news station in the country um, with its resources and its commitment to um, keeping those resources in a time where, frankly, this industry resources are tapped and uh, stretched very thin. And so to be in a in an environment where that's not the case, it was like I had to jump at this opportunity. It was amazing. And um, to be back on the air, I, I will tell you, I missed being on the air. So it's awesome to be back working, telling stories, doing what I love to do. And now I, you know, I have developed this relationship with my daughter. I understand what it means a little bit more to be a mom <laughs> versus when I was totally sleep deprived, like four months into it going, oh my God, what am I doing? So I just feel like I'm a lot more at peace and, um, and I am super excited about this next opportunity. I think it's awesome that you went to Miami and you are where you are now. Like you said, no what ifs. Get out and experience as much life as you possibly can. And look, I am not throwing an ounce of shade at Channel 7. There's still a lot of people who are there that I admire very much. And it's not one specific station. But again, not going to lie, Channel 7 was the bomb when Ashley Rowe and Madison Carter were both there. And then <laughs> Madison left. And I'm like, that sucks. And Ashley left. And as a consumer, I'm like, well, that sucks too. But again, I understand. It's like, you know, this podcast primarily is about sports. And it's kind of the same with, with newscasters and just even just all media at this point, it's kind of like where you get drafted when you're an athlete, and you, whatever league it is that you end up playing professionally, where you get drafted, you don't always play your entire career on that same team. You become a free agent at some point or you get traded. Lots of things. You get waived. There's a million things that could happen. And I've really noticed, especially since I've been doing this podcast, just how, um, the turnover, at least in some markets anyway, because Buffalo is kind of like a, it's like a, a, it's almost like a stepping stone. Like there's a lot lower in Buffalo, but then people leave Buffalo to go to bigger markets as well. And again, I completely understand if I was in the same situation, I would do the exact same thing. But you know what I'm saying? It, it, it's kind of like sports in that way. It's like yeah. you come through that city, but you don't always, you don't spend your entire career in that city, you know? And I think the piggybacking on that, when players come, when athletes come, they bring their families with them. They invest so much in it. They often will attach themselves to a charity. They they really do sink their teeth into the community. At least the, the memorable players do. And it, that's sort of like 
journalists as well. You know, you you spend so much time genuinely wanting to get to know people in the community and, and the issues of the community. And, you know, a lot of times you you for your own career development or for whatever other development in your life, you have to walk away. And that's really tough to do. Like it's really hard to do. And I'll tell you. When I wake up in the morning, I still habitually check the Buffalo News. I still get push alerts from Channel 7 um, because it is a home to me. Um, sure. And so, yeah, it, it's hard. It's hard. I think the being an athlete, it's really hard. You get paid way more as an athlete, though. So <laughs> That's true. So it's a lot easier when the athletes. That's like, true. Well, I, you didn't get paid $200 million. <laughs> I know some talented uh, news, TV news people that have left the business altogether over the last couple of years yeah. for, you know, a variety of reasons. Before we talk about succession, which uh, I'm looking forward to learning some about that with you, just your general impression so far of North Carolina. Now, this is a place I've never been to North Carolina. I've driven through, like I stayed overnight in Charlotte. They're one of my Buffalo to Florida drives, but never really spent any time there. What, what's been your impression so far where you are? It's beautiful. Raleigh is so lush with big, full trees and so much commitment to green space. And where we live, we are stone's throw from these awesome playgrounds and parks. You know, you get to spend so much time outside. So there's such a commitment to that um, infrastructure. And Raleigh itself is just a, a really booming region. The, mm -hmm. the, they call it the triangle, the research triangle. And there's, there's just such a huge investment of technology research and medical research that's being poured in. So you actually see a ton of people who have moved in. I, I, I'd say I meet more people who are not from Raleigh than people who are from Raleigh, um, people who have moved within the last five years to this area. So it's, it seems to be a super buzzy area. Um, I, I, I've only been here for a month, Beth, so I don't know, you know, I can't tell you too, too much, but, um, but it's been, it's been beautiful. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I am here with um, Ashley Rowe talking Buffaloes. All right, so Succession, I got some thoughts on the show. I'm going to share that with you. 
in just a couple minutes. But again, for people who don't know, Ashley was on the show, which was, I knew it was coming because I read the Buffalo News article. So I locked in and I actually remember when it was airing, I froze it like on the TV. I paused it. I took a picture and I tweeted it out. I was like, holy shit, Ashley. Anyway, um, you played at co-anchor uh, Tracy Levins on election night, which again was one of the most important episodes as the series was wrapping up. I guess the first thing I wanted to ask, because again, I'm just really interested in this. How did this come about? Like, how did this opportunity come about? How did you end up on succession? Dude, it was really random. Um, so I got a phone call. It was a week after I had left channel seven. I was in Vermont hanging out with my family and I get a call from my agent and my agent's like, Hey, can you be in New York city on Wednesday? Cause um, succession wants you to play a news anchor. And at the time I was like, first of all, of course, hell yes. My favorite show of all time. Absolutely. I'll drop everything to be there. But my understanding of my role was really that I was just going to be a background actor and that I was like, you know, maybe it's a shot of the newsroom and they just needed bodies in cubicles and, and I was going to be doing that. I had no idea what really to expect. Um, so I made that assumption. And then I get to New York and about 24 hours before call time, not even 24 hours, I get sent from HBO all of these scripts. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I have lines? <laughs> I had no idea. And this was back in the summertime. This was in July. So here I am at some random coffee shop in Brooklyn trying to memorize all of these lines that I'm supposed to have ready to go for 7 a.m. the next day. Super freaked out, like, oh, my gosh, I'm about to blow it on HBO's biggest show since what Game of Thrones? I don't know. So anyway, fortunately for me, when I got to the studio the next day, they had teleprompters. Thank God, because I would have snapped. Like, I just would have snapped under pressure, I'm sure, had they not. Um, anyway, that was July. So we, so we shot for a day. And then I got a call back to do another episode. And that's the episode that you're referring to, which is the eighth episode, Election Night. And um, they wanted to, to have me and the others that I was working with with that previous shoot play news anchors on election night. And now I knew at least what I was getting myself into. So when they sent me the scripts the 24 hours before, I wasn't completely stressed out. But but it was really cool. You know, they sent us background information on all of the candidates and the candidates' families and all of that because we were expected to ad-lib quite a bit. And so I was studying all of these fake characters and preparing for a fake election and trying to get myself into the mindset of being an ATN anchor. And it was just a real riot. It was the, one of the coolest experiences um, working uh, alongside these amazing real life news anchors who got to play my co-anchors was super cool. But also then getting to take, you know, I was getting notes from, from uh, Jesse Armstrong and from he's the Tony creator Ro of the show, right? The creator yeah. of the show and Tony Roche, the executive producer of the show who, Oh, Oh, by the way, also happened to write Veep, which is one of the best shows ever. So I'm just surrounded by some of the most brilliant minds, in my opinion, in modern era television. 
and they're giving me notes like what have I done to deserve this so it was a really cool super random um opportunity that I got and yeah I think about it pretty often and it's pretty funny because I don't I don't talk about it a whole ton you know I don't I'm not like hey I'm Ashley Rowe by the way I was on succession I um, would be <laughs> um so when I started at the at the station here at WRAL it was towards the end of the season four and so people would just be like wait wait what and actually one of my co-anchors was like then he was like hang on we need to talk did I just <laughs> see you on succession <laughs> so it was really yeah it's, it's it's been a really fun experience for me overall so when you're shooting, what is the nerves compared to like, you know, you've been alive on the air hundreds, not thousands of times. And you know, how many people are watching. This is, wasn't this like a whole different animal though. And obviously again, whatever nerves you had, a lot of people have nerves when they do stuff. You obviously overcame them. Look, looked awesome. on yeah. screen. But like, did you have, were you restless the night before, like going to bed? Like, did you have a hard time sleeping knowing what you had to do the next day? That first shoot in July, when I was mm -hmm. shooting for a different episode, it never made air. Um, that I was super nervous about because yeah. I didn't expect. Going into this now, I knew the crew. I knew the cast members that I was working with. I knew that I was going to have a teleprompter that I would be able to refer to every once in a while. And I kind of had an understanding of, of how many times we would have to shoot a scene. So... I felt way more comfortable the second time around when I was shooting in November for that uh, election night episode. Um, even though I was surrounded by people who I deeply admired, um, I, I just felt I, I felt like I was in the right place. I just I didn't feel super anxious about it. It just I I came prepared. You know, I think if you come prepared, it's just like any other job. If you come prepared, you feel a lot more at ease. Yeah, for sure. We, so when it aired on HBO that night, who who did you watch it with? I was with my husband. Did you get a lot of calls, a lot of texts? Tweets, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I got, got a few texts, got, a, got some tweets. Um, but I didn't want to look at my phone too much because I'm a huge fan of the show. So I didn't want that to distract me from being able to watch the show. I actually watched the episode again, not because I didn't want to see myself, but because I really wanted to follow along the plot line because it's such a good, intense episode. Um, and I really had no idea. I figured I would be in the, in, the, in the show for like two words. I didn't think that it would be nearly as much as I, I wound up getting for the show. So. Um, so it was it was pretty cool to to watch what they wound up choosing, um, and just thinking back to everything that we shot. I mean, we shot for several days over the course of several weeks. So um, so it's just amazing to me how much footage these guys have to filter through and and put together, and and how they weave it to make an incredible show. What were your thoughts on, on how the show wrapped up? You know, we don't have to give away spoilers here because maybe some people are going to get into the show that haven't seen it yet. Did the right person claim power? I guess you could say claim power at the end. Were, were you, did you, did you know, you didn't know how the show was then until you watched it or did right. you already I, know? No, I, I knew who was going to win the election. I did not know how the show was going to end. Um, and, and what were your thoughts on how it wrapped up? So I'm curious to get your thoughts too. I thought it was perfect for Jesse Armstrong, like, and the comment that he wants to make about society. 
and about billionaires and wealth and greed and all of that. So I thought that from that perspective, it was awesome. I thought there were a couple of scenes in that final episode that were brilliant and like I was gripping, you know, the couch like, oh my God, how's this going to end? Um, but I will say that my, it wasn't my favorite character who wound up winning. <laughs> Let me, all right, I'm going to be honest with you, Ashley, because I, I don't want to be a hypocrite. I've talked about succession on this show plenty of times. The show grew on me. I did not like the first couple of seasons. I thought I've always maintained. I thought the writing was superb. I thought the dialogue was maybe as good as any show I've ever seen. Just yeah. the written dialogue between characters was unbelievable. I had a hard time. It, it was draining for me at some point. And maybe it's just because I don't understand how maybe the business works and greed and corporate and all that other stuff. But it was like, I couldn't find a character that had a single redeeming value, somebody that I could get behind whatsoever. And at some point it got a little bit exhausting like that. And then there were parts where I'm like, the show was dragging a little for me, but I, I will say this as it got down the stretch, especially in the last season, I completely, I used to hate watch it is what I'm basically saying. And then I started to like legitimately like it. And I will say to your point, I guess I'm giving away a couple of spoilers or whatever at this point, but <laughs> just being in the kitchen with, with, with the kids yeah. when they're making that, whatever concoction that was for a King, yeah. it showed a brief glimpse of like what life could have been like for them. Having fun, being giddy, being goofy, yes. smiling, laughing. You didn't see much of that in the show. It was all yes. about the power, you know? So I, that I thought was one of the best scenes, maybe of the whole series. It's really revealing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then also at the very end, I, I think it might've been Jesse Armstrong. It was somebody, someone who was important to the show gave an interview. And I think it was Jesse Armstrong because they were asking, did you think Shiv um, went against her brother because of Tom or just, and at the end of the day, they said, don't overthink it. And I'm paraphrasing a little bit, but don't overthink it. At the end of the day, she couldn't stomach her brother winning yeah and getting the power that's what it was all about at the that end that makes sense that makes sense uh, yeah man it there is no real likable character and even i thought that i would like cousin greg for me was my favorite like me too uh, really up until season four but then season four rolled around and i was like whoa <laughs> <laughs> so yeah that's but that's why i love the show is is because there's such an evolution of all of the characters, but not in a pleasing way. It's just like, what gross stuff are they going to do next? Um, and and the writing, to your point. I mean, in my opinion, that is the best written show since The West Wing. I sure. thought The West Wing was like incredible, and I still watch The West Wing. Um, but but this show, we actually watched. <laughs> so so my husband and I would watch the previous week's episode of Succession right before nine o'clock on Sunday night so that we would be completely up to speed and refreshed. That's how much we love the show. Um, and, 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 and how much we thought we missed in when we were watching it live. Um, and I would encourage people to do that as well, because watching the episodes twice really helped kind of help me follow yeah. along, help me pick up on some of the things that, yeah, I know, but you need a palate cleanser after that. Cause it's like, Ooh, it's, it's some dark it, stuff. Does it feel, you know, and, and again, I, I'm not sure how much insight you would have to that type of world, but did it feel, and it's a fictional show, of course, but did it, did, did it have us to you? Did it have some sense of, of realism or was it really far-fetched? Um, 
Uh, I listen, I, as far as realism is concerned, I have no idea. I don't hang out with billionaires, <laughs> but, <Yeah. laughs> but um, what I, here's what I can tell you that I haven't yet told you being on set for the very brief amount of time that I was on set and watching Matthew McFadden, who plays Tom, Nicholas Braun, who plays cousin Greg, um, Sarah Snook, who plays Shiv, Jeremy Strong, who plays Kendall, and um, Kieran Culkin, who plays uh, Roman. Roman. Yeah. Watching them work was like, like watching Picasso paint. Like they are so dialed in and, and you can see them, you can see their mind working when they're not actually rolling. And I know Jeremy Strong gets like a lot of, you know, a lot of flack for, for his Methodism and whatever, but, but just watching them, watching them work behind the scenes was, was really, really cool experience. Nicholas Braun was exactly like you would expect him to be because he is like so similar to cousin Greg and just sort of the kind of like aloof, like, Hey, hey, super friendly. Hey, how's it going? Matthew McFadden, like super dialed in and, and, um, focused. You know, each of them, I thought they were cast so well. What was, um, or not even a question, just a statement here. At the end of the day, no matter what you do, or no matter how much longer you're in the business, for what you do in your career, to, to know that you had a part on a show that is literally one of the most all-time talked about shows. And it's a show that's going to stand the test of time. Like, I, I feel like as time goes on, you can just tell by the way people talk about the show. Yeah. Especially, the, again, yeah. the writing and the dialogue, especially. On that same level as The Wire and The Sopranos, these HBO right. shows that years and years down the road, they aged beautifully. I, I feel like Secession is going to be like that. And again, whether you love the show, whether you hate the show, that show is going to clean up at the totally. Emmys totally. later on. So yeah. I, 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 yeah. again, I just, congratulations. I just, what, what, an, what an awesome thing. What an awesome uh, highlight to have on, on your shelf. Last question, then I'll let you go. Which by the way, we're taping this later on, on Monday night. Ashley still got to do the news and she's got to eat. I got to give her some time to get ready. I appreciate you so much, but just let's circle back to Buffalo to end this. Just, I don't know, some talk about some of the things that you're always going to love about Buffalo the most, you know, some things that you're going to miss when you're not here and you're still back. So it's not like you're never going to be back in Buffalo again. You know no, what I mean? No, so, heading, but back, just heading back in a month. I can't wait. Um, right. Just talk so about some of those things. Let me tell you what, I cannot wait to see the new AKG Art Museum, formerly Albert Knox Art Gallery. It looks amazing. It is putting Buffalo on the map in a completely new way. I mean, the Albright Knox was impressive before. This is next level. Can't wait to see that. Uh, I miss Mr. Sizzle's burgers so friggin' much. Like, I ate that every single week. So I miss that deeply. I cannot, like, that's gonna be my first meal when I go back to Buffalo. Um, I just, I, I, this is, this sounds so cliche, but I love the people. I love the connection that people have to the, the community on a multi-tiered, multifaceted way. The stories through the generations are amazing to hear and they're volunteered. Like you don't have to go digging far for them. I mean, people have such amazing deep stories about, about Buffalo now and Buffalo then. Um, so, so I, I think about Buffalo all the time. I keep up on all of the Buffalo news. There's, there's a lot going on. Um, keep my eye on that Charlie Specht with the Buffalo news. Cause he's always got something brewing mm -hmm. <laughs> with his news stories. Um, 
yeah, I, I think that that anybody who who makes assumptions about Buffalo, who rules Buffalo out, um, is an idiot. And uh, and I think that it Buffalo is a really special place. And that's that's why we kept our house. That's why, you know, make a point of staying super involved with Feedmore Western New York. Because once you're in Buffalo, you don't you don't leave Buffalo, even if you physically leave, you don't mentally leave. You don't your heart doesn't leave. Said it perfect. Completely true. All right, Buffalo Peace. Make sure you follow Ashley on Twitter at the Ashley Road. Check her out in North Carolina. You can find ways. When I was in Florida, I found ways to watch Buffalo TV and, and watch you on the air yeah, all for the sure. time. This was fun, and I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much, Ashley. Oh, Patrick, it's always a pleasure. Thank you so much, my friend. All right, guys, I'll be back with another episode tomorrow. Aaron Quinn from Cover One joins me. We'll be talking bills. Take care. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.